This is Dennis Rundy. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Uh, our show, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, Christina Rasmussen. She is an acclaimed grief educator and the author of Second First and her latest book, Where Did You Go? She has had multiple experiences in her life that have led her to where she is now. And I particularly uh, uh, am looking forward to this interview because... Uh, uh, grief education is something I think that should be taught in the schools, and, and it's something we get little about in, in our culture at this time. Uh, and so I'm very excited uh, to have her on the show. And Christina, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on with us today. I'm so excited for this conversation, Dennis and Phil. Christina, um, why don't we begin with uh, a brief overview of your own spiritual path and uh, how you came to the work you do helping people uh, connect or deal with their grief and connect with their loved ones who they lost. Yeah, um, I was living um, what I call a normal life. Um, just with just some um, small up, ups and downs, nothing too extraordinary. Um, I grew up in Greece as a Greek Orthodox, kind of a traditional upbringing. Uh, this is where the accent is coming from. Um, then I moved to the, to the UK. <laughs> People wonder always, so I, I try to kind of uh, mention it. Um, uh, I, I lived in the UK for about 10 years. I did my first uh, two degrees there. Um, and I actually studied uh, grief uh, before any loss, um, major traditional loss had taken place. And, and I, when I was doing my thesis on the stage of bereavement, I remember my professor in the UK saying, Christina, why? You're such a happy person. Why in the world would you want to study grief? And I remember telling her at the time, I just love people so much that I couldn't imagine losing them. And, and I, and I want to be able to help people get through that pain. Um, what I didn't know then was that my um, my husband um, would pass at the age of 35, and prior to that, our first daughter uh, was born and, and passed immediately um, as well. And with those two losses, I have I have to tell you and be honest, I I wanted to run away from uh, grief, uh, grief work, grief education. Um, it was truly. Um, so devastating at the time that I couldn't understand how the world uh, was able to survive that heartbreak. So how this is how it, it began. <clears throat> this is how it all started. I, I wanted to ask, <clears throat> and I think I read this uh, somewhere about you, and that is that you want to, your mission is to change uh, not only the way people, how people grieve, but how they live. Does one become before the yeah. other? If you change the way you grieve, will it necessarily change the way you live? Yeah, I'm smiling because this is so spot on. And um, the like, prior to, to writing this book, actually, my my whole premise of my work is it's called Life Reentry, and I do, I've created the Life Reentry Institute. And in the Life Reentry work, which by the way is going to be studied by an extraordinary foundation and brain scientists, we are in the process of that right now. Um, but the Life Reentry work uh, starts with. Um, removing guilt and shame from, um, from from living again after loss and also uh, removing the grief trance and the grief identity that is placed upon us once we experience something so devastating that we cannot 
see ourselves um, and imagine our future without um, the identification of that event and that loss. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm making sense, but yes. this is this is actually quite something. We get stuck in a loop. Um, the brain is actually the part of us that struggles the most with uh, re-entering life, um, and it creates what I call uh, the waiting room uh, shadow existence, where uh, we repeat um, the story of the event over and over again, and therefore the brain uh, lives a life from that place and uh, doesn't create a new life. Interesting. Uh, Christina, in your new book, Where Did You Go?, yeah. The uh, the core principle here, or the premise, mm -hmm. is that uh, there is something uh, of an yeah. afterlife, and that people uh, living can connect to that realm, that yeah. uh, domain where their departed mm -hmm. have gone, and 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 reconnect with lost loved ones. How did yeah. you dis first discover <laughs> that this is so? And then we'd love to, you know, dive into yeah. how, what, what, how you do the work you do. Yeah. Uh, so after I helped myself and many, many others, as I say, re-enter their life and create a life, a fulfilling life after loss, um, I started to hear from people that there was only one thing left um, that they hadn't really resolved. And it was the same for myself. Um, you know, how, how could it be that someone we love so much and know so well disappear, gone completely? And I know this, uh, this has happened to millions and billions of people, but uh, when it happened to me, um, on top of the grief, I was confused and um, afraid um, of, of, of many things when he was gone. And at the time, I wasn't brave enough to delve into that question. I was thinking that uh, death was a horrible, dark place uh, full of ghosts and monsters. And I was even afraid to turn off my light. So I had to wait for years and years to come back to that question and, and dive into this world of science, spirituality, you know, quantum mechanics. And what I discovered and what I found was so extraordinary. <laughs> and Phil and Dennis, I did not want to write this book do you know why <laughs> I, did, I did not want to write it because I, I was so afraid it would, it would shadow my, my, my work on, on grief, on a, the, me as a grief educator, you know, I identify with that. And, and the, but, but the um, discoveries and experiences that I had and the pilot uh, classes that I, I put people through um, were so mind blowing um, that there was no way. I wasn't going to write it, and I had to put my uh, fear aside and sit down and write a book that was different from the so-called afterlife books uh, that are out there. I didn't want to just give them, oh, here is an experience I had, and or I've never had any other experiences, or the books that talk about any other experiences, and here's some theory and some spiritual um, facts that, that you need to know, and here's the end of the book. I wanted the reader to experience if there is something beyond this world on their own. And that was gonna be a risk that was gonna take. So the book and each chapter of the book is a, a step deeper and deeper into, into a world that is invisible um, and it's made of light, mm -hmm. a vibration uh, that, that is not felt in this physical reality. Can I follow up, Dennis? Go ahead. 
what was the nature of the experience you had? I right. assume it, you just didn't you didn't just reason your way or see some evidence and and conclude that there's an afterlife, but you had a, a profound experience of it. How did that come about, and what what did you experience? I had the normal profound experiences that people have. I've seen things, I heard things, I I was aware of, of a lot of things. I believe that when someone dies, that is that is near and dear to us, a portal opens. Um, that grief and that intense craving of that person opens that. Um, opens our 3D dimension and, and allows us to go in, but we are, we are so destroyed by grief that we, we miss things. So I had, I mean, my, my experiences are not are typical. I saw my husband standing at the end of the bag. I, I, I saw orbs on top of me, I, lots of noises in my house, just the normal things. But these were not the things that I felt that were original or, or that I should be sharing in my book. The things that I, I decided to share were the things that, um, came to me from a world I created, from the knowledge and the science and the facts and discoveries we've made as a, as a human species that allowed me to to take steps beyond this reality that were not scary for me. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be afraid of death. Death is, I went to find out about death, Dennis mm-hmm. and Phil, and I discovered life. It is not this dark, horrible place. That, that movies made us believe or or the ghost stories or the, the, it's supposed to be joyful and, pl- and blissful and mm-hmm. I hope with, with my attempt of writing this book that we would shift the way first that there is no death and second the way we talk about it and the way we, we, we discuss it. Uh, Christina, <clears throat> I think the, the, the next question uh, I would have or our listeners would have is hearing this is is this abil- ability uh, to uh, understand mm-hmm. or communicate those that have that have moved on. Uh, something that is, uh, uh, you know, structured into our DNA that anyone can do. Or there are some people that have mm-hmm. these gifts that allow them to do it, but others cannot. And uh, and are there technologies? Are there procedures that mm-hmm. one can follow mm-hmm. to make it uh, possible for a, for a, anyone? I think that there are many different ways to remove the filter. Mm-hmm. I believe this this reality is a holographic reality. I'm sure you guys know all about the the holographic principle in the universe, and and it, it's kind of been proven. So we are projecting um, a hologram, and the brain creates an image that that is created from from light. Um, we are. This is all stemming from a, a, a different dimension. I, this is not a, just. I mean, of course, it's just theory, but it's very close to to discovering that's true. Therefore, our ability to access that place actually depends upon, number one, our belief. That's why there's an exercise in the book that that you have to go through to prove to your brain that the invisible world and and the physical world are connected. I had to find a way to make the brain believe. Without our brain, which is our engine, our filter, without it believing that we have access to this invisible world, it is very hard to do without psychedelics and without, without other, other ways of doing it. Um, I believe that it is possible to, to walk ourselves to this other world and to experience, to shut down our senses and to experience um, not only um, a different level of vibration, joy, bliss. Some of the people who experience the temple journeys 
um, the way they would describe it when they come back, they could have been having any other experience. I went to this place that was full of light and and I felt so much joy and I, and I can't shake this feeling now. It, it, it's still coming with me. I think everyone, and to answer your uh, question directly, everyone has the ability, is born with the ability to access the world beyond this one. However, and I emphasize this part, we are here to experience the physical reality. We're not here to be a part of the invisible world day in and day out, 24 seven. We are here to have a physical experience, but knowing what we are made of, where we come from, where we go to, is a paramount part and component of our journey here on earth. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be two components to what you provide uh, people, uh, Mm -hmm. the experience you provide people. One is uh, a sort of, portal of entry into what you call the invisible world where presumably they uh, have an experience of a non-physical reality that is clearly uh, something uh, accessible and that they're that is part of their existence in some way Um, therefore sort of uh, verifying that there's uh, we're not just our bodies then there's the piece where you um, uh, enable them to reconnect with the, I, I presume, souls mm-hmm. of yeah. lost loved ones. What mm-hmm. is that experience like, <laughs> and how do you provide that experience? I am smiling. I wish you guys could see me. Um, so I'm going to say something, and I know, and I, 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 I hope we meet in person one day. Anyway, I'm just the most normal human being. I'm not one of those people I will never call myself psychic or a medium I actually don't want that whenever I have experiences that are um, could make me a psychic or a medium I actually say no 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 this is not what I'm here to do I am here to provide hope and understanding of death to people who are grieving and they need to have this 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 comfort that that we don't die uh, there's a, a guy who was called Robert Lanza. Um, he's a physicist, and I don't know if you if you know him. He said, we die in someone else's reality and not in ours. Mm. And when I heard him say that, and he says it's maybe slightly different, but very close to this. When I heard him say that, I, I saw death very differently from that moment because the fact is that my husband who died at 35, he died for me and my girls. He died in this reality. But his reality and his awareness continued. <laughs> and if that is true, mm. and I will tell you how it is when people communicate and connect, if that is true, then why are we told that they are now gone forever and the only way we can connect and communicate with them really, truly, directly is when we die ourselves, unless we go to a psychic or a medium. When we first create that connection through the work, whatever work you do, whether it's through this book or any other way, we actually create new memories. And I have thought about the significance of me saying something like this, and I, I'm not saying it lightly. Um, I believe that we create new conversations with them and new interactions. We receive responses from them. And it's not like someone said to me, Christina, you have to make sure that you tell the people who are interviewing that you're not speaking to the dead in the way that people think that we're speaking to the dead. We connect with consciousness. It is not, I'm not hearing loud voices, I'm not seeing ghosts. We are connecting with their, their essence of, of, of who they are, of them. Um, 
And when, when we can create a new memory and a new conversation, we are not going to stay behind to relieve our lives. We're actually going to move on. The number one thing that happened once those first conversations started to take place and people started to create this, this moment with the people they've lost, they actually were more interested in creating a new life for themselves. And there's a, a plot twist in the middle of the book. Actually, the, the further in we go, the more life we find and the mm-hmm. more creation we find. <clears throat> so halfway through the book, people are redirected to, to, to start creating their life from that invisible world mm-hmm. and changing our lives and finding a life, uh, creating a, a brand new life from the invisible reality is much easier actually than, than, than slowly creating it here, right. from Cri- here. Cri- Christina, so uh, uh, somebody, wh- whether or not they uh, make that connection while they are alive on, on this planet mm-hmm. in the physical world with the person that's, that's moved beyond. Uh, so let's say uh, when, when you pass, uh, will you then mm-hmm. connect with your husband in a different way or others that have passed that, uh, that you have, have grieved for, that you have uh, uh, somehow connected with from this plane to that plane? When you actually pass uh, yourself, uh, wh- how mm-hmm. will that experience and interaction with them a change or remain the same. So when I pass and I meet with him um, after this life, right? Is that the question? Yes. Um, you know, um, I wish I could say to you I know the answer mm-hmm. to that question. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that question because I, I don't remember dying mm-hmm. uh, before. I don't. I don't know how it will be when I die. I know how it is to access the reality that he occupies. My dog died about a month ago um, and and my dog showed up there. I actually wasn't looking for my dog, uh, Mm -hmm. but there he was. Uh, And it was actually really emotional to see him because he has just, I don't know if you guys love dogs or have pets, but um, it it is a big loss when we lose our our, dog. Absolutely, Um, absolutely. But But, but let me ask you, when you say he was there or she was there with the dog, yeah. Is that in some dream state that you're in at that point, or is it in regular waking state of consciousness? That's what I, I, I'm wondering. Yeah, you you are in a, um, I would love for you both to, a lot of my interviews actually um, take the journeys um, themselves. Mm-hmm. You are in a, um, in a meditative state, mm-hmm. um, and the, and the, the more time you spend going further and further in, the more your brain lets go of, of this reality and the more you are experiencing uh, an altered state. Uh, some people have said, some of them, I have never experienced this, but some people from, from my classes, the pilot class said that they were, um, they were feeling vertigo. Um, they were spinning. Um, a lot of people, when they go to bed at night, their dreams are very intense. We had someone uh, say that he couldn't continue anymore because the, the, his dreams at night became so intense. I actually have had um, experiences in my dream after. I, w- I wasn't journeying. I wasn't traveling. Sometimes I go to bed and I go into the temple and I fall asleep while I'm there. But I've had, um, and I'm saying this uh, with pause. And, and, and maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but I have had now since I the last couple of years since I started this journey, uh, other people's dead people come to me in my dream, and they I wake up from it because in my in my logical pragmatical mind, I 
was not anticipating for me to communicate with other people's beloveds. I thought I was going to go in there and only be in communication with the people I've lost. Mm-hmm. But apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, uh, when you open a gateway or a portal, um, I don't know how that part works. This is not my mm-hmm. specific expertise. Um, f- from that side, what <clears throat> happened? I guess they they saw that, they knew that. Uh, and in the beginning, I did not want this at all. And I, and I would say, please don't. I don't know. Whatever this is, come to the temple. If you want to meet me, come there. That's where you can meet me and you can have mm-hmm. an interaction with me. And since I said that, there's one person uh, that has happened one time when someone directly went, to, uh, uh, a deceased person went to a temple to uh, communicate with me. Because I don't, that's not why I, 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 that's not why I wrote this book. Um, I wrote this book to give a gift to every single human be- being to have their own experiences. And the joy that people have when they um, connect is completely incredible. Uh, and that Chris- makes me very happy. Christina, two questions. Yeah. One, you yeah. mentioned come to the temple. Um, yeah. I think maybe uh, you should explain what you mean <laughs> by that um, to the listeners who might be yeah. thinking you're talking about a, an actual, uh, an actual building. Temple. And yeah. the second question is, um, I'm anticipating what uh, skeptical people probably have Mm -hmm. said to you when you describe Mm -hmm. your work, which is uh, when you put people through these experiences and they communicate with the departed, how do you know, how do they know it's Mm -hmm. not just imagination? Oh, yes. I've had this question uh, many times. And I would say, let's say, you know, the first group were just under 50 people. The second group was about uh, 64 people. Both groups were divided in equal type of people. The majority um, would go and have this experience and come back and say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I had this experience. And they would share it with everyone. Another percentage, a smaller percentage, would have an experience and would doubt it. And it would say this word, this word, just like you said. Mm -hmm. They would say, um, how do I know this was real? How do I know this was not my imagination? Mm-hmm. And then a very small group, for example, the, the under 50 individuals, there were about five or six people who couldn't see anything. Mm. Not even imagine nothing. It was dark and black and they couldn't see anything. And they were very frustrated with that. Um, and no matter how many times they tried to go there, nothing would turn up. And to answer the question about the temple, um, I called the journey um, this this five-step journey, this five, you know, um, going into deeper and deeper um, states of, of existence, um, the temple, temple journey. And actually, I didn't want to name it that. Um, the, the process was called Beyond Reentry to begin with, um, just to follow up from my, my life reentry work. But as, I, as we were going through these journeys and these experiences, um, I guess what's the best way to communicate this? When you are in that in that journey, you do receive a lot of guidance and um, you have access to higher level of intelligence. When we die, this is what happens. We actually receive more wisdom. We access a higher level of intelligence. And when we go through these journeys, we, we tap into that. And I, I was told, not in direct ways, but I had this knowing that I was supposed to call this the temple journey. And I have received some um, 
some emails and comments and posts from folks um, asking me um, these very specific questions. Where in the Bible is this that you're describing? Cam and I, and I didn't expect that question. <laughs> and I and I think that um, and and then some of them would tell me. I can't believe I'm sharing all this with you. Well, it's public. I mean, it, it's in the social media. Some some people would say, Christina, if you call God the universe, you're actually not going to be able to go to heaven. Um, other people would say that um, you're not supposed to to talk to people who died. And my response to that is, if we're supposed to talk to God who lives outside of time and space, outside of this dimension, and when people die, we are told that they, they go to be with God, then why can't we also talk with the people we've lost, if that's where they are? If we can access a higher uh, power, um, then we can also access the people we've lost. And, and in my mind, without a doubt, I would not put myself my career and my work of helping millions of people re-enter life after loss through any risk if I did not absolutely believe this to be true. <coughs> and to know that the world goes around not believing that death is final and believing that the people we lose are gone forever. And I say to people, mm-hmm. why do, are we waiting for, that, for, us, for them to visit us? Why, why shouldn't we be the ones visiting them? Why do we say, oh, send me a sign? What about us connecting? What about us reaching, reaching towards them? Right. Christina, uh, what do you say to those people uh, who believe that uh, when they die, uh, they go somewhere temporarily and then they come back uh, to this plane, to this planet, uh, in a different body? They're reborn, uh, reincarnated. Yeah. I believe I actually believe in that. Um, I would love to study that further, but I believe that we go we go into that you know second dimension where light comes from. Uh, we go to the so-called I mean we call it heaven, um, but that's the, the the dimension we come from, where light um, comes from, um, and then and then we come back in physical form, as you as you both know, and I know you know this. Um, nothing can exist without an observer. So we have to come and observe creation. And when we observe creation, we create. We create physical matter. And physical matter and energy are one and the same as well. Um, So I believe that... um, I believe that we come back many times to observe and create. Um, There's just way too many um, stories so much data and studies that have been done in reincarnation that it is impossible for this not to exist. So, so your model of what takes place uh, in the afterlife is mm-hmm. um, one that uh, um, sort of uh, conforms to an Eastern model of, of reincarnation as opposed to a, a permanent uh, heaven as in uh, the Western traditions. Is this something that you came upon as a direct experience of discovery, or were you oriented in that way prior to your uh, experiences? I think we come and go. Um, I think that we, you know, we have 
some people have deserves and memories of a past life. I think we meet each other many times. I believe in soul groups and 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 uh, and all the different books that talk about that. Um, you know, one of my favorite books, Many Masters, Many Lives. Um, I think that there is so much out there, and if if there's something small that that my book or books like mine can do is to to not to be able to ask more questions, to be able to to experience uh, more moments where we doubt this physical reality more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, what if my question to you is, what if we don't have to die? Right. What if it, death is an observation that we have come up with just like time? <laughs> sure. Time is not real. What if death? What if, what if death is is an aging is is just part of an observation that we collectively have? What if we change that observation with with hundreds of years? I, I wasn't clear in my question. I was asking about your experience. Did you believe? Did you have a sense that reincarnation was real before you had these experiences of going into? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You did. Um, and, and I'm such a student, so um, I always read uh, about it, reincarnation. Um, I always believed in it. This was something that uh, I, I would say if there's one thing that I think is quite real, without a doubt, is that we, the reincarnation. I would always watch the stories and documentaries and read the books. Um, and that belief was here with me prior to my spending time researching, experiencing, and teaching this work. Yes, and it was verified. Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember a past life for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have told you that would have been the first thing. But no, but it was reinforced. <laughs> it was reinforced. Well, yes. in, with oh, oh my gosh! There, there is a there is a section of the book, and I hope you both read the book. Uh, there is a section in the book. Um, closer to, to, to halfway past um, where we actually experience past lives and we see ourselves um, in different bodies and different, um, different timelines. And mm-hmm. that was not something I expected to happen. This, a lot of the journey experiences have been actually created by the people who took on the journey. Well, this is the reason why I actually test Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I don't just come up with a theory and here's what I believe because of this theory. Here's what the theories say. Let's let's go and see if they're true. Let's mm-hmm. put some people through this process and see what they they experience. And um, something takes place uh, in one of the steps that um, has given me access to, um, I guess, lives and, and selves and identities that have taken place before, and and a knowing that um, I'm actually fulfilling my destiny in, a, in, in the way that I'm living my life today. <laughs> Christina, uh, thank you so very much for your time today. And again, the book, we, we, we recommend Where Did You Go? Uh, it's out now and available. Yeah. Any final words uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners and Phil, anything you'd like to, uh, to bring out? I was going to ask uh, Christina how uh, the experience, everything she's experienced since her husband's death has changed her own spiritual life mm-hmm. here on Earth. Yeah. And, and I was going to also ask her for some final words for our listeners. Uh, my, my spiritual and my regular life are completely different. Um, I'm no longer afraid of death. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I love life. 
I love the physical form. I, lo I love the adventure that we're on. Um, but uh, one thing is that um, I, I, I believe that grief needs to be experienced differently, not as intensely, um, because we don't, we don't die. We just lose the physical version, the physical hologram of ourselves. Um, and um, when you go through this journey, you actually start to create reality from there. So I am making all of my dreams come true faster. <laughs> and uh -huh. Uh -huh. I have to tell you, I have to tell you that uh, because of this, I, I've become so busy that it's actually hard because there's too many great things that are happening in my life. Um, I think that I am happier. I have more joy. I'm teaching my children this. I've taken my kids to the temple journey. They made new memories with their dad. Um, and if that was the only thing that I was able to do and nothing else, it would have been worth writing this book. Very good. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, fascinating subject matter. I think something uh, that ha has to be incorporated into our, our educational systems because there's so yeah. little taught. I guess the religions uh, fill in the gap, but uh, I think experientially uh, you, you're offering something very concrete. And uh, again, the book, Where Did You Go? Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you both, Phil and Dali. Thank you. So nice to meet you. Be well. Take good care Take and care. continued uh, good work. Great. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night.